1: Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnata, with you guys, as always. And today, we are taking a look back at the commitment of 2022 three-star quarterback Connor Harrell to the Tar Heels over teams like Northwestern, Arizona State, and Michigan. And along with me, to break down his commitment, it is our recruiting analyst, Zach Hubbard. And, you know, Zach, I think the first thing that uh, we got to talk about with this commitment is, you know, this just continues to build Carolina's momentum, not only on the recruiting trail, but really in building one of the nation's better quarterback rooms and it's amazing to think you know just a couple of years ago this was a group that couldn't really find a starting quarterback that they felt confident could win an FBS game and now just a couple of years later you can kind of make the argument especially especially after landing Harrell uh, that this is one of the better units in the entire country
0: Absolutely. And I think you have to look at really two individuals for this change in particular. Uh, you look at Sam Howell, of course, as you know, the big in-state prospect or the big in-state quarterback specifically to jump on board and really reinvigorate this target offense. But you also have to look at what Phil Longo has brought to the table as the offensive coordinator, um, in these first few seasons under the new Mac Brown era, uh, they've really brought back um you know a dynamic passing offense, uh an offense that is exciting. Obviously, uh did see some flashes of that uh under the previous coaching staff, but did sort of tail out at the end as sort of the quarterback talent, the overall talent on the roster uh began to sort of fade over time. But You know, you you look at everything as a whole, you see not only the quarterback that the staff has been able to put into place, but the offensive system that allows guys to come in and, you know, play with a lot of confidence to to make all the throws, to run a little bit. But, you know, this sort of high-flying offense, um, I, I think that the... Tar heel structure that they have in place here, specifically for quarterbacks, is very appealing. And, uh, you know, we see the fruits of that in getting a commitment from uh, three star Connor Harrell out of Alabaster, Alabama.
1: Yeah, and I mean, look, he comes from a very accomplished program, one of the best programs in the country, really, over the last few seasons. Uh, It's been host to some of the best quarterbacks in the country as well. Tulia Tungabailoa, the younger brother of Tua, went there. That was followed up by Sawyer Pate, who was a senior, played one year, went on and uh, is currently at Auburn. And, you know, Connor Harrell comes in last year. It's his first year as the starter, taking over a team that, you know, so... Cool. Probably was, uh, you know, they they had to replace a lot of talent. But the other thing was they were going through a lot during COVID, a lot of uncertainty. Alabama played uh, in the fall, as you would probably expect. Uh, And, you know, he was sensational. Threw for 3,568 yards, 42 touchdowns, and just three interceptions. Uh, Added 319 yards and five touchdowns on the ground. Nothing spectacular. Uh, But, you know, still a, a guy that really has the ability to kind of get it done in both aspects of the game if you watch you know some of his games from this past year there's a you know particularly the game that I watched uh, in you know against Hewitt uh, Truesville. I watched that game earlier this year he's got the mobility I think he's gonna be a guy sort of similar to Drake May that he may not jump off the page at you when it comes to running the football. But he's a guy that's pretty mobile. And, uh, I mean, look, it can't be taken lightly uh, that he led this team to a state title. He was named the Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Alabama. He was also named the Class 7A Back of the Year by the Alabama Sports Writers Association. Both Tagabailoa and Sawyer paid before him were also named in that category. Both of those guys, of course, landing at big schools. And... uh, also, you know, a couple other awards: Birmingham Offensive MVP Award from uh, Alabama.com, and of course, All Conference, All Region. Uh, he was just phenomenal all around. Um, you know, I think the one thing that some people may be concerned about with him is the fact that he comes from a school that. Is as stacked as they are with talent. I mean, they've got a guy in the 23 class, I believe, Peter Wood, who uh, Peter Woods, who is uh, a five-star defensive end. And I mean, they've they've got some of the best talent in the entire country. Uh, when you look at the success of Tugavailoa and Sawyer Pate, they're you know so far track records are not great. But I still think that this is a guy, and you know, I, I think you may agree with me, may not, but I still feel like this is a guy that kind of fits what Carolina is looking for in this 2022 class perfectly. It's a guy that you don't really know a ton about. You're kind of taking a risk on a guy here. You're thinking, got some upside. Uh, and look, if he pans out, great. If he doesn't, you know Carolina is probably going to end up landing – One of their major in-state prospects this next year, primarily the target, is Tad Hudson. So you still probably feel confident that this is a guy that you can take a risk on. And if he works out, uh, you, you may end up having a quarterback of the future that you didn't expect.
0: Absolutely, and I think um, sort of to add to that, uh, with the statistics that you mentioned, obviously, she does play on a very loaded team, uh, but I mean, you look at these statistics, and statistics aren't everything in recruiting, of course, it's just one piece of the puzzle, but it's certainly not an accident that you throw 42 touchdowns and three interceptions. It's certainly not an accident that you have a completion percentage Of 73%. I mean, these are all astounding numbers, even at the high school level playing, you know, big time high school football in the state of Alabama. So I I think that, you know, of the three that you mentioned that have been, you know, the the past three Thompson quarterbacks, personally, I like the upside of Connor, the best. Obviously, that's a little bit of a biased pick, but I, I, I do really believe that. I think that he's got all the physical tools. Is um, a little slight at this point, so we'll need to add some weight at the college level. But does have a big arm. Does have to have that ability, you know, to make those big. Uh, downfield throws, which he showed for Phil Longo to sort of certify his offer in person here within the month of June, like you mentioned, is mobile, not necessarily a a runner per se. He's not someone that's going to run 20 or 30 times a game, but he's a running threat, similar mm-hmm. to what we mentioned with Drake May, similar uh, to what we mentioned in the past with Sam Howell. He's a guy that you, know, you have to look out for it. maybe it's not going to be similar to a Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson running style where that is a key piece of the offense but it, it is an option on the table and it's something that the defense has to respect um, I think that he looks really good just in his drop backs. I think he'd work really well in a, you know, RPO-heavy system where he's having to throw those quick balls to receivers to get yards after catch, uh, obviously that's a part of the offense now, and I think he fits that well. Uh, but like you mentioned, um, obviously has Drake May ahead of him, Drake May in the 2021 class. Obviously there will be other quarterbacks in the 2023 class. And as we've mentioned in the previous editions of the podcast, um, on this roster at this point, specifically at the quarterback position, um, the Tar Heels are at a point in recruiting where they are looking not only to acquire talent but to stack talent, to build depth, to build competition, and that's you know the most apparent here in the quarterback room. Um, they can't really risk not taking someone uh, to you know offset a transfer, things along those lines. At the high-level programs across the country, of which, you know, all Tar Heel fans hope pray that their team can be, you know, acquainted with, you have to get these, you have to get all the talent you can. You have to let these things play out. You have to, you know, put them out there. If one quarterback wins and the other transfers, so be it. Your guy won out. You know, the best option went out. That's how it works pretty much right. every time. So, you know, I think a great pickup. I think he's got a high ceiling. Yep. Um, obviously, some room to grow there. But he's a guy I'm really excited about joining this target class.
1: Yeah, we've talked multiple times about, you know, we, we think that he's a guy just from watching – his tape, watching some of his games from this past year, we think that he would definitely have been a guy that if he went to some of these camps, he probably would have been a four-star player. And he's still got plenty of time. Uh, it's a pretty steep climb for him. I mean, he's right, in, right inside the top 700 prospects. Um, but I would not be shocked if he at least gets into that range that we talked about a lot last year. Haven't mentioned as much with this year's class, but I think it still holds true of being inside that top 500 because you've got some of those guys that are three stars that maybe play at smaller schools or in this case play around a lot of talent that people are sort of questioning just how good they actually are. Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm with you. i watch watched, you know, from watching his film... Uh, you know the thing I think that impressed me the most about him is he's he's an extremely accurate quarterback. There was not a throw in the games that I watched where it did not seem catchable at, at any point. He gave his receivers a chance every single time he threw the football. He didn't force the ball either, um, and I, I think that's that's something that even you know you, you may say, well, how much better was the team that he played on than some of these other teams. I, the 7A classification in the state of Alabama is very highly regarded. So this dude has played against some really good competition. Um, and, I mean, again, you know, one of the main things that you look for in this offense is not only, you know, he's got the accuracy as a passer, but he's definitely got the cannon of an arm that you need to be able to play in this offense, which, you know, Phil Longo has shown that When it's at its best, it's explosive. So I think that he, he possesses all that. I'm with you. I think he's one of those guys that is worth taking the risk on. And when it comes to stacking talent at the quarterback position and you know worrying about guys that are going to transfer, I think at this point you just have to kind of assume that that's going to happen. And to be honest with you, I think this is also part of just playing ahead for that because I think we've both kind of thought probably in our own heads here just from some of the stuff that we've seen, just from knowing his recruitment from a couple of years ago, uh, there's a legitimate chance that if Jacoby Criswell loses the backup quarterback job to Drake May, um, which you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, we got, we actually just recorded, in addition to the podcast, me and Josh, where we're previewing the quarterbacks. We talk about the quarterback battle, um, and we kind of go over that. But if he ends up losing that battle, there's a legitimate chance that he can enter the transfer portal. And to be honest with you, it makes a lot of sense. If he was to go and play for Sam Pittman at Arkansas, I think he would be able to have a lot of success. They recruited him extremely heavily coming out of high school, and he's a guy that probably would thrive in a system where there's still really looking for their quarterback. um, You need to get ahead of that because if for some reason you did not land a quarterback in this class – you would be looking at a possibility of Sam Howell could leave early. If Criswell loses the backup quarterback job, he could transfer. And all of a sudden, you're back to a quarterback room that would have Drake May as your main guy. You would have Jefferson Boaz as your backup, which wouldn't necessarily be a terrible thing. But you're two injuries away, two suspensions away, whatever, from possibly having to roll then with an unproven probably young, walk-on quarterback. Carolina's looking to avoid those types of scenarios at all costs. Uh, They don't want to get back to the point that they were even in 2019. I mean, we remember back to a couple years ago. You know, Jace Reuter was their backup quarterback early in the season. Remember, he gets injured in the game against App State. All of a sudden, Vincent Amendola, who is a true freshman walk on, is Sam Howell's backup. Now, Sam, you know, luckily was able to stay healthy through all of that. But if he had gone down, you would have been rolling out a true freshman walk on. Uh, you know, for a team that you felt pretty good about, you thought they could go to a bowl game, but Vincent Amendola was probably not a guy that you were going to put confidence in to win an ACC game. No offense to him. So I think this is this is something that Carolina definitely needed. And you know, we talked about this a little bit on you know the last edition of the podcast. I think it's worth touching on again here in case people missed it. We'll just touch on it shortly here. I think one of the things that a lot of people are going to start looking at now is what does this do for the 2023 class? I think at this point, Carolina has kind of gotten to the point of some of these other powers out there where they are going to take a quarterback in every single class. I don't think that this hurts their chances with Tad Hudson. I don't think that this hurts their chances if they want to get into the running with some of these other major quarterbacks. There's a couple other guys in this area that they could very well be in the mix for here if they want to jump in. Guys like Aleem Appler who was at New Hanover High School out towards uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Transferred. He's going to play at Dutch Fork High School in South Carolina. And uh, You've also got another guy that was you know, formerly of, of the the same high school of Sam Howell in Carson Black. Ended up transferring uh, before last year. Played his sophomore season at Nations Ford High School in uh, Fort Mill, South Carolina. It was phenomenal. He's another guy that's probably going to end up being a three to four star prospect. Do you think that this hurts them in any way when it comes to their th- the outlook of some of these prospects in the 23 quarterback class?
0: I don't think so. I mean, it's it's like we mentioned, or, or like you sort of reiterated um, in quarterback rooms, specifically at programs that recruit and develop the position well, and therefore will get you know a top level guy uh, almost every year. There's going to be transfers. You see it. At a lot of these schools, you see it at the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Clemson's, the Georgias. Those guys have transfers, specifically quarterback transfers. Um, you know more often than ever before. So it, it's not improbable that North Carolina, like you mentioned, could be in that same boat. You know whether it be Jacoby uh, Criswell if he doesn't win the backup job this fall, maybe it's Jefferson Boaz, if he doesn't like his position on the depth chart, um, or you know any other prospects for in the mix could be there so I, I don't believe that it hurts um, their chances with a 2023 quarterback on the one hand it's it's very early I mean we're still just in the middle of the 2022 class and you know those spots can open up I you know you'll find that the numbers will work themselves out in any situation um, and I feel that quarterbacks like these you know quarterbacks in both the 2022 and 2023 class understand that you know there will be constant movement and it's on them to come in and compete and win that job and win their spot on a depth chart so as of right now I'm not worried about it um if anything I'm just excited to have you know Connor Harrell in this quarterback group
1: yeah I'm with you I, I think it's uh, it's great competition he's a guy that I feel can come in here and you know at least make an impact I, I think he's uh, he's definitely gonna put his name in the running to be one of the guys that stays on this roster and and at the least I think the main thing that this does is look if Jacoby Criswell was to leave this shores up your quarterback room to where you can definitely sustain it you could probably sustain it even before he was a part of this class now with him in it. I think you're in perfectly fine shape, and I think he's a guy that's like you said he's got a, he's got a high ceiling, a lot of upside. Let's see what he can do in this offense. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. Again, uh, this is going to be a crazy month here. I, I mean, we talked about how crazy the month of June was. That was really just the, you know with the visits. We're getting into a lot of these decisions, and it feels like, you know, I mean, Jake Pope has pretty much come out and said within the next two weeks he will be committed, so that's the guy that we're keeping probably the closest eye on at this point, but there's still a lot of other guys that are probably going to end up making their decisions, if not in the month of July. I would be shocked if a lot of these guys do not end up pulling the trigger before they start their senior year of high school football. Uh, sometime, usually around uh, mid-August. Some other states don't know if they're going to start a little bit later, with the being that they played in the spring. I know the state of North Carolina is not. I'm not sure about some of the other states, but a lot of these guys are probably going to want to get these decisions locked down, and we're going to have you covered on all of that right here on the podcast. Uh, we'll be doing the same stuff here. Uh, you know, whenever Jake Pope commits, whether he commits to Carolina, commits to Georgia commits to Notre Dame wherever he commits we'll be reacting to it tell you where Carolina goes next uh, everything like that and we'll also have that on the website HeelToughBlog.com. we've been breaking down all the commitments go back read the breakdown on Connor Harrell uh, get a little more insight into what exactly Carolina is getting with him you can go back uh, read the three commitments from the month of June Marcus Allen Bo Atkinson and Justin Kanyuk all up there for you guys to take a look at uh, and then then uh, we'll of course uh, be keeping you up to date on all of the other stuff that's going on here. Don't know if we're going to be doing the stock reports anymore. I don't know if there's really going to be enough news kind of piled together with a bunch of guys not really getting on campus at the same time, everything like that. But if... We do have, you know, enough information. We'll go ahead and put one of those out for you guys. Uh, And when when it comes to everything before the start of this upcoming season for the Tar a team that's probably going to be rated, uh, you know, Consistently inside the top 10 in a lot of preseason polls, we've got you covered. Uh, As I mentioned today, we filmed uh, two of the editions of the podcast that are going to be coming out. Those are on camera as well. So we are back to doing those. It's really exciting stuff. You guys are going to want to check it out. Uh, We're going to have it over on the Facebook page. We're still going to have the audio versions that you guys can listen to on your podcast platforms. Um, We go through, we're going through the positions, uh, you know, position groups one by one this year, just like we do. With the articles, we've got the quarterbacks. We recorded that today. We did the running backs today as well. We're gonna go back uh, probably sometime either later on this week, early next week, and we'll do the wide receivers and tight ends and the offensive line, and then we'll turn to the defensive side of the football and special teams to close it out. Uh, So a little more in depth than we've done in years past on the podcast. And uh, as I mentioned, we are back on camera, so that is definitely exciting. Gives you guys a little bit more of an interactive view uh, of what's going. Going on, uh, got our own set, everything like that, so uh, we are really appreciative of the people that have uh, helped us make that possible, and appreciative of you guys uh, for you know uh, sticking around with us uh, through all of that, and you know the video podcasts were very successful last year, so we'll hope they'll be just as successful this year, all that stuff can be found over on the Facebook page, make sure while you're there, you like and follow the Facebook page so you can see all the articles, all the video podcasts all the regular podcast editions, and make sure that wherever you are, you subscribe to the podcast if you're listening, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, any of those. If you're one of our listeners, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any of the editions of the podcast that we have coming up. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Zach for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels.